Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word, a deeper dive into Pastor David's sermon for the week. Uh, We are coming to you from Desert Spring Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, we are back to our regular scheduled program. Uh, We had some fun over the summer learning about the summer stories from people. Uh, but we're back to the format of Pastor David's devotional. And I don't know, I, I kind of missed the devotional. So this is, it's good to be back. And uh, very excited to have not only a first-time podcast guest, but also a very new member here at Desert Spring. Uh, so I'm excited to get to know um, her a little bit more, and I'm sure that you will be too. And so we have Marty Stone. So Marty, um, introduce yourself and tell us how you came to Desert Spring and... Uh, little bit about your time here in Las Vegas. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, It's, I was looking for my church home. I moved to to Las Vegas area uh, about two years ago from Southern Oregon, and I had a longstanding church relationship up there. And um, when I got down here, I had purchased a house that uh, was the right size, pretty much the right floor plan, but there was a lot to be done. And my background is uh, an interior architectural designer, mostly in uh, commercial work. So it's like like my late husband used to say, you can build a house from scratch, but I know in a year you'll be remodeling it. <laughs> so that, that is, is true. So I got myself involved in doing some remodeling to the house here. And time went on and on and on. And I had not been going to church. And um, coming up Easter of this year, uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit, the Lord tapping me on the shoulder and kind of going, <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm still here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Where are you? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I began to actively look for uh, a church. I have. Uh, I was born into the Methodist Church, if you will. Uh, I have ancestors that were circuit riders. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Right. And um, I was baptized in the Methodist Church when I didn't know my parents from two shadows on the wall uh, at the mm-hmm. time. But uh, I was raised in the Methodist Church, and um, through college in my life, I've experimented and so forth, but I've always seemed to come home to the Methodist Church. And uh, so I, I looked and did my research and so forth, and I thought, wow, this place is a long way to drive. I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to go down there. Uh, I actually live about 32 miles from the church, mm-hmm. and... Um, but I came down for Easter, mm-hmm. walked in the door, and I came to the 11 o'clock service, yep, I remember. which was um, a change for me because normally I, I would go to a more traditional service right. because I used to be in choir and a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. But down here, I walked in at the 11 o'clock, and the joy was palpable. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of the service, I not only knew, I mean, I became so emotional. Tears were running down my cheeks because it was mm-hmm. like, this is home. Mm-hmm. I found my home. My church home is here. Yeah. So um, luckily, uh, there was a, uh, a new members class that was starting up in a few weeks, and uh, I jumped right in, yeah. and 
here I am. Here you are. <laughs> we are so happy. We are so glad. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, and then we also have Chris Devereaux. Hello, yeah. I'm Chris Devereaux. I'm the technology director here at the church. So Yay. you'll see me around often. Yeah. Awesome. Does great work on Sundays. Oh, thank you. Yes, he does. <laughs> My team does yes, a good he job. Does. Yeah, team. Okay. <laughs> well, we are going to jump into the devotional. And uh, Marty, this is your first time here. But we just stop along the way. Pastor David um, poses some questions to us to uh, talk about. So we will pause for those questions when we reach there. And um, okay. yeah, just... Take Good. it from here. Um, so the scripture that he's using for today's devotional comes from Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. And it says, Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so Pastor David says, Our relationship with possessions can be complicated. On one hand, we must have them to survive, so they are necessary for our existence. On one hand, the desire for them can control our lives, and when they do, they diminish our lives. Jesus teaches often about the importance of possessions from the perspective of faith in God. In his teaching, he does not diminish the importance of possession. Instead, he asks us to search our hearts to see if we diminish the importance of God out of our desire for possessions. Searching our hearts is important because we cannot serve two masters. Is God the one we serve? Probably all of us have prized possessions. I do. I have a Methodist pocket hymnal printed in 1840 that was given to me by one of my mentors, Reverend Travis Kendall. I also have an Edwin Markham poem that was hand-typed by him, signed, addressed to my grandfather, and given to my grandfather as a gift. This poem was one of Edwin Markham's most famous poems, and one line on the page had been whited out and retyped over, making this copy the only one like it in existence. So needless to say, it is special. So his first question to us today is, What are a few of your most prized possessions, and why are they important to you? Think about this question for a moment. How do we know if a possession has become too important to us? So Marty, any prized possessions you've collected through the years? You know, it's most of my prized possessions have to do with my memories of family. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, the one that immediately comes to mind is a cedar chest that my father made when he was 16 years old. And it is, to me, it is absolutely beautiful and it's stunning in the craftsmanship that he could make it when he was 16. Wow. And um, I remember my parents, it was one of those things, you know, normally kind of like a cedar chest you put at the foot of a bed. And um, most, when I was growing up, the houses that we had, bed would barely fit in the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so the the cedar chest was if we had a garage or basement or mm-hmm. something, that's where the cedar chest went to. And um, when my, my mother passed away and my father moved out to Oregon, uh, where I was at the time, um, and I, I helped him clear the house, et cetera, and I made sure the one thing that I had had him bring for sure was the cedar chest. Um, and he said, you know, 
I had no idea that you cared about that so much. He had a lot of his um, uniforms. He was a Marine in the in World War II and in, in the mm-hmm. Pacific, and so he had um, his officers' uniforms and boots and all the paraphernalia, fancy stuff that was in there. But he had made it from for just it was like woodworking class, and then um, of course when he met my mother. You know, he came with a dowry. He came with a cedar chest. You know? <laughs> yeah. So so that has always been um, something that I, I hold on to, and it sits at the foot of my bed. Does it? Today, Aww. yes. So That's I wonderful. get to see it every day, and it means so much to me. Um, the rings that I wear as my wedding rings, um, it's actually, it was made um, and designed so that it would accommodate all of the stones, the the larger important stones out of my mother's wedding ring, um, my aunt's wedding ring, my grandmother's wedding ring. It incorporated the the, the stone from my first husband and my second husband, mm. and so it's um, it's something that's probably going to go with me to my grave mm. because it it's every time I look at it I don't see diamonds I see family mm, that's so, so beautiful so. and of course photos of families yeah things that way mm-hmm. but that's about it for mm, me that's those are all lovely wonderful what about you Chris well I've always tried not to keep possessions I move <laughs> around a lot and uh, <laughs> then just kind of weigh you down but one of my most prized possessions is actually um, a chess set that was my first Christmas uh, moving to live with Jerry and Dave. Uh, so this is about when I was like seven or eight. Yeah. And uh, some of the pieces are missing. I don't think you can, you know, find anymore as a portable um, wooden chess set. Um, little, you know, like little dowels that would stick in. It was almost oh, like right. a like a travel right. set. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I still have it. It's on a, on a uh, shelf in my house because it represents that time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, the things that I'm interested in. This is probably why I try not to. Um, have a lot of possessions is I, I like technology stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's more making sure that I don't um, use my money to buy those things, things that, you know, don't ultimately last. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's always been, you know, this story has been less about, you know, where my actual possessions are, but more how I spend my money, spend my time in relation to, yeah. you know, Jesus and that story as opposed to um, you know I don't have a lot of stuff actual stuff but yeah but still important to evaluate you know what is what am I as a consumer consuming on a Mm -hmm. daily monthly yearly basis kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah and there's nothing like moving around a lot or to get rid of stuff to get rid of stuff (laughs) and say oh Uh, possessions aren't they don't mean anything really (laughs) yeah I have a um, an older record player TV console but it weighs, you know, a thousand pounds, and I'm already starting to post because I'm, you know, I was like, got to go, got yeah, to go. I was like, we're probably going to move next year, so hey, let's, yeah. get, let's get rid of it. <laughs> Listen, I've been in my house 26 years. I need to move, right? probably. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a few things that popped into my mind. Um, one of them is my family. We were entertainers, and we have. Um, a wardrobe trunk that all the costumes were packed in for our shows. And it's like the old, you know, like upright hand. Um, and it has the drawers that, you know, 
you know, it, it just, it's, I, I, I smell it and it, it just takes me back to that time. Just the smell of it. it I don't really wild? have space for it. Like it's, it, it's, it's in it. It's, but I, I love it and I can't let go of it. And it's, it represents like my childhood like we, as a, what we did as a family. And it was a big part of I, really my life. Um, so that, that is one, um, my grandpa who lived with us after he'd had a stroke had lived with us when I was, I think he moved in when I was about nine. Um, and he um, was a huge influence in my life. He was he was a big, big, big influence. Um, I think he died when I was about fourteen, and um, he died on Christmas Eve. Oh my! I know. And um, I had got he loved Garfield, and I had gotten him this little Garfield thing, and um, it lifts up. You can put little treasures inside of it. Just a little Garfield that's sitting in a chair drinking coffee, because that was pretty much my grandpa. And he never got to open that. Of course, because he died on Christmas Eve. Um, so, you know, we opened the gifts that we had for him. And so that through all my travels and all my that 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 um, has come with me. And so that's really, really special to me. And somehow I ended up with the the tables from both of my grandparents homes, like the kitchen table, my mom's side, they were farmers and they had a so it was the, we don't, I don't put all the leaves into it. It was just, this one is round, but it's also, it's like over a hundred years old. And yeah. then the one that my grandma, um, my dad's mom had that came over on covered wagon. And apparently that's worth money, but it's really not about the money for me. It's just, you know, just something about, um, being around the table that just really, um, is special. So those yeah. are all, yeah, times of gathering or things that take you back. So so nobody said like their cell phone or their latest. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. so the second part of the question, I don't think we did answer so much is how do we know if a possession has become too important to us? Hmm. That's a good one. I, I've i never thought about that. Mm-hmm. If, if something has come, I have kind of thought that, you know, with a cedar chest. Well, I wonder if there's any way I can be buried in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You probably could. And then I'm kind of going, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, other than that, because most of the things, um, most of them can't, I can't worry about too much in terms like photographs and so forth of the family. I was an only child. And mm-hmm. um, so there's, there's, and I, I don't have any children, and um, so there's really no one to pass photographs and all that sort of thing on to. Mm-hmm. So I have not, though they though they mean a lot to me, they're not something that um, I feel like I have to hold on to and never, never, never let go of because it's just I know that I don't have any choice. Mm. You know, yeah. There is is. Um, there's really no one to uh, to leave them to mm. to follow the family mm-hmm. lineage, et cetera, except my cousin. But yeah, sure, yeah. You know, I was thinking about like how many times you see whenever there's a natural disaster, and you just see oh. someone get so excited when they their whole place is destroyed, but then they pick up this like, oh, this was my you know, my grandma gave me this bracelet for my confirmation or whatever you know whatever it is, and and they walk away with just a just. A, you know, maybe one item, one, one tiny thing. And, and, you know, I just, I wonder how they pick up and do it again, but leaving all of those behind, but you always have your memories. You know, you know, the thing is, maybe that's why I take so many pictures. My memory's not that great. Is it? (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think that's why I'm obsessed with taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, because I have to look okay. at it and go, oh. Um, but I think they, for me, like they become too important when they when they come over the when they over people. Like you know, if you have a if you have a couch that you don't want people to sit on, that's that's mm-hmm. that's, that's not great because yeah. you I know think on a practical level, if it impedes your ability to make decisions, or yeah. or if it impedes or affects negatively relationships that you might have, right. you know, if you're fighting over objects, or yes, um, yeah. or if it's something that you know, like you said, you you you, you can't let anybody sit on it or, or take part yes. of it or enjoy it or yes, you know, yeah. Or if something happens to it, like in my house, we have my, you know, my brother's grandkids come over. Like there's, I just want, they, I want them to be able to be, you know, yeah. and so if something, if so, they break something, all right, no big deal. So, you know. I but. once had a, a t-shirt that I bought we, in 1996. My family went on a month long vacation slash visiting trip. We went back East from Arizona. We bought a Ford Econoline van. And took a month to travel across the country into Canada, New Brunswick, um, to Grand Manan Island. Wow. And I bought a T-shirt from Grand Manan Island, and I loved it. I wore it all the time. And then my cat pooped on it. <gasps> Rude. <laughs> and I was so upset that I didn't know what to do. I couldn't, you know, and, yeah. and my mom was, oh, we'll clean it. It's fine, you know. And no, I threw away the shirt. I, I, you know, and I think that's it's a it's a silly story, but, no, but true. I was so spiteful that something yeah. happened to something, you know, my my possession, yeah. that I wasn't even willing to make a good decision. Coming, uh, you know, I just threw it away. Ah, uh, I and I now I couldn't even tell you what it looked like. You isn't know? that funny? Like it just I know it said Grand Manan. Maybe there was a a lighthouse, you know, something. But yeah. Mm. Well, Pastor David says one way to help think about that question is to remember that everything we have ultimately belongs to God. And God is not just interested in what we do with some of our time and some of our possessions. God is interested in what we do with all of our time and all of our possessions. When thinking about prized possessions, what does this mean to you? It's it's just simply things that are dear to my heart that remind me of family. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where all of my treasure has always been, mm-hmm. and um, I, and I was thinking I do have a a cross that uh, was given to me when I was twelve years old, and it had a little diamond chip right in the middle at, at the junction of the cross, and it's still in my jewelry box today. Mm. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's dear to me, though. I, I, I don't wear it, but I make sure that I have it with me wherever I, I've mm-hmm. moved to. I've, mm-hmm. I've moved around a lot. Yeah. And uh, it's always with me. But uh, it's, it's been my prized possessions are family memories. Yeah. Mostly because, um, as I said, I was an only child. Mm-hmm. And, and, was not from a big family. Neither were either one of my parents from a big family. Mm-hmm. So the few relatives that I had uh, meant everything to me. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of rough to lose them along the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and sometimes just having a little piece of them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my when my grandpa died 
all my mom wanted was his hat. And when she got the hat, but inside, nobody ever knew this. If it's inside, there's a little note that says, like hell, it's yours. Put it back. Because <laughs> like it was his hat. He always had his hat. So um, that's what <laughs> You know, I was thinking about this. My grandma was a very proper, lovely person. And she loved ve- really fine jewelry and fine things. And I'm not that kind of girl I don't really wear mine's like trashy jewelry and you know like I don't really have nice things that way and but she um would always talk about um I'm my amethyst is my birthstone so it would always be like oh this ring is going to be yours or this amethyst tree is going to be yours and she would always make a point to say like oh this is going to be yours you know and um you know it's not that probably these things were worth a lot of money because she didn't buy things that weren't um, but when she died, my dad's wife, um, we, but there were names on the bottoms of all sorts of things and a thing, but I don't know, she took care of everything. And so I don't, I didn't get any of my, the amethyst things or whatever. We, basically I got like a gift with purchase, like Dillard's if you bought, you know, oh my gosh. <laughs> kind oh. of like statue thing. And we're like, whoa, like when we all got our packages, cause we knew, cause she made a point with all of us. It was like, this is yours and this is going to be yours. And no, that's not like big lot special. It was kind of, it was a very, and at first it was, and it really wasn't about the value of the stuff. It was like, you know, like that was like, she wanted us to have that. Have those. So, but we all had to let it go. It's like, you know what? We still have the memories of the time with her. And would she, if she could come back, you know, she'd be upset. Very, very upset. But, you know, all right. It was just stuff. So, yeah. That's a big lesson to learn though. It, it, you don't have any choice just to have to say it's just stuff mm-hmm. but it, the emotion of it hurt anyway yeah. yeah yeah exactly so pastor david goes on to say in today's scripture jesus tells us to store up treasures in heaven in my sermon this past sunday i spoke about decisions we make and actions we take that extend beyond our lives and become our gratitude offering to god when we die do you have a story of a person in your life whose actions exemplify storing up treasures in heaven? Boy, do I. Oh, yay. I knew you would. <laughs> I've uh, My cousin. Um, I have three cousins, and they were all my mother's brother's kids. And um, she, let's see, I'm about 16 years older than she is. And so we we weren't in any way close as we were growing up, but, but we really got to know one another when we were adults. And um, as I have gotten to know her over the years, and we have more than cousins, we've become dear friends, um, I am always amazed at her. Uh, she has two girls. And they live on um, a pecan farm in Missouri, and it is near. It is in the little town where the whole family comes from. I, I, my mother's side of the family was a big farm family, and so I grew up on the farm a lot. Mm. <laughs> and um, she is is one that it's only in the last couple of years that I've realized how important she has become to the community. Um, she did not go to pharmacy school, but she and she's smart as a whip, but she didn't go to pharmacy school, but she worked in a pharmacy 
in a drugstore community, you know, kind of in a little town uh, west of of Waverly uh, called Lexington, and it's, you know, probably, woohoo, 6,000 people, something like mm-hmm. that. And um, she knew everyone there and and all around in the county surrounding, et cetera, and people that would come in. And she got to, um, to know people, obviously, that had certain uh, illnesses that they took medication for. And um, mm-hmm. she actually saved somebody's life once because um, the prescription that this person brought in was from a different doctor than the usual doctor my cousin realized that this person always used. And um, I don't know if it was, maybe it was a specialist, like an eye, ear, nose, and throat doctor or something. But anyway, she um, was in the habit always of double-checking new, new prescriptions uh, against a, a medic customer's uh, previous medication list that they had been given. And um, she found out that this new prescription um, would have been a, just a terrible reaction with mm-hmm. some of the medication that she yeah. was already taking. And um, she just made it casual and and um, called mm-hmm. the doctor's office and indicated that, da, 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 and, and of course, they went, she didn't tell me that, or she didn't put that down that that's mm-hmm. that she was taking that medication, wow. et cetera. So he was able to switch. But those were the kinds of things that she did. And um, she's always been uh, she's an empath, I think the mm-hmm. term is now. Mm-hmm. Um, she people call her to crown her shoulder. People call her for advice. Um, she's involved in in so many people's lives. And um, just recently, I was interested, you know, with the COVID and everything. Um, the small town and it's and it's, the town had been COVID free, and then it just like it hit everybody all at one time. And when I say it's a small town, it's under a thousand people. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a good many of them were down, and she saw to it that people had food, people had mm-hmm. uh, whatever. She's being on a farm and in, in a rural community. There's all kinds of you know dogs and cats and strays and other things roaming around. Uh, she always ends up with a a bunch of feral cats in her barn, and she takes mm-hmm. them and takes them to the the, the vet and has them neutered or spayed or whatever and then she finds homes for them um etc but the the thing that struck me so recently is that we all get involved with our lives and you know how oh my how difficult i'm having it etc and she's um, she's beginning to have some some physical issues herself right now and she was um the schedule that she keeps is crazy. Uh, she doesn't work any longer paid work, but she is volunteering or doing something all of the time. And she said, "Well, I'm I'm." We text all the time. She said, "Well, I'm on for Friday night, and then uh, Saturday I'm going to take food, and then uh, I I need to be off on Sunday, but then I'm going back to so and so on on Monday and so forth." Well, it turns out. What she was doing, along with a friend of hers, is there was a woman who had two children, 
Um, both of them are handicapped. They are adults. And the woman's husband died about five or six years ago. And she was in the hospital. And so somebody needed to take care of these, these kids. And, and I say kids because although mm -hmm. they are probably 40 and 45 years oh, old, yeah. they, they cannot do much for themselves at all. Uh, one of them, both of them are, are not mobile. Uh, and so she said, I will not put them in an institution. I will not. Not until mm -hmm. you know the day I die, I'm I'm taking care of them. So, wow. she has been my cousin. It, you know, she and a friend of hers just stepped right in, and when Yvonne had to go to the hospital and was in there and and longer than expected because there was there were complications after the surgery, um, that she was just on a daily. You know, going and she would. They enlisted a few other people, but you know, bringing not just food, but putting the kids to bed, getting them ready for bed, bathing them, uh, full nursing and care service, mm -hmm. if you will. Wow. And um, not a thought about it. And she sent me a, a photograph um, a couple of weeks ago beautiful arrangement of flowers that's uh, very country you know mm -hmm. a lot of sunflowers and lupins and that sort of thing just beautiful huge and it was from Yvonne mm. it was a thank you mm. for all that she did but she, she my cousin is, is, is she's just that kind of person and always hard working um, she's not much in terms of, of possessions they've they've got a nice nice house and so forth and she gives of herself constantly she invests in people yeah she invests mm -hmm. in people yeah and uh, it was not an issue for me to think of somebody right off wow. of it yeah i have a couple people you know linda chapin from our church mm -hmm. you know she oh man she just is a great lady and she when someone's in the hospital or having surgery you know she coordinates meals to make sure people um get meals and I have to tell you, like when my when my stepdad was dying and we were in the house taking care of things, like you know, it was really touching to my mom that offered the meals and this and that. I'm like, mom, we could, yeah, we could have casseroles until July. I mean, <laughs> like people are really, but she, but that's because she's built a good group. Um, but when I think about people investing in people, I think about, and I know I always say her name, but Phyllis Murray can't help it she's kind of like my yeah, she's a saint she is a saint she is a saint um I've known her for about 26 years now I met her um yeah when I started going to university church and um she's just she invests in people and she makes you actually think that you can do things probably that you can't um but she has such a gift of connecting people oh you need to you know what oh Marty, you know about, you need to know Chris because he's also interested in this. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think she just plants so many seeds everywhere she goes that mm -hmm. so much good work has been done because she's taken the time to get to know people and then know, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. They can help you with that. And, um, and she just, there is nothing that lady cannot do. Um, so I look forward to meeting her someday. She's amazing. She's currently, even though she's not a pastor, she's pastoring a church out in Pahrump. Um, 
you know, they kind of went out of the box, you know, and um, she co-pastored last year and this year she's pastoring. And in fact, we got to go visit her yesterday. It was very sweet. Um, my mom had donations and so they have a thrift store out there attached to their church kind of thing. And so we were going to take those out and, and stop and have lunch. But she uh, was doing a webinar or some kind of thing at the church with some other people. And here we sat and had lunch. Um, you know, she brought lunch in. And there was um, she and my mom and me and these two other people that were attending this class. And then just a homeless gentleman from the community that was just, you know, just sitting there. And, and you know, we're just talking to him. And it was just like such a Phyllis thing, you know. Yeah. It, was yeah. just, it was just such a Phyllis thing. And so she just brings all kinds of unlikely people together. And I think... I think the people that um, she's made believe in themselves and and shown the need to, or can, can I just think so much good work has been done, um, you know, good godly work that that building up the kingdom that is has Phyllis's thumbprint on on it. I I think I think God puts people on earth like that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to yeah. say it, it's kind of like an example of God's love. Yeah. And she's she's remarkable. She's one of those people. We have every Monday morning we have a six o'clock phone call, and sort of like before the week starts, we kind of touch wonderful. base. And if you're ever in need of prayer, she's the one. Like she's the she's the one to pray for you. So that's great. Yeah, she doesn't know how to retire, so she retired <laughs> years ago. But she's really bad at it. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right. So Pastor David goes on to say, I remember packing up to move across the country for seminary. My good friend, Rich Fenning, had purchased a round-trip airline ticket so I could visit Princeton. He knew that if I spent some time on the Princeton campus, I would end up applying for admission. He was right. I was accepted. And Jerry and our two children at the time and I loaded up the moving truck to move from Flagstaff, Arizona to Princeton, New Jersey. My friend Rich helped us to load up the truck. Ten days later and four breakdowns later, we arrived in Princeton to find Rich sitting on the steps of our married housing apartment. He had flown across the country to help us unload the truck and settle in. Ugh. This is just one of many stories I could tell about Rich and the ways he exemplified storing up treasures in heaven. One day, Rich will pass on and the good that he did on earth will become his offering to God. I too will pass on one day. What will I have to offer God out of gratitude for all that God has done for me? Of course, that day will come for each of us. And if you are like me, we hope that on that day, God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. His question to us is why? What is it about your life that you will give God reason to say, well done? He says, hint, think about both grace and faithfulness. So what do you think, Marty? I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> still thinking about it? I think that's appropriate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's, um, th- there have been so many uh, ups and downs in my life, so many different pathways and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, and being an only child, you know, I guess I was spoiled, and it was all about me for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um and I, th- I think the only thing that I can kind of feel like that I have been able to offer other people is, is simply by um, kind of using the talents that God gave me. And I use them in, um, put them toward design. I started out art, 
Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, I'm no Picasso. I've got to make a living. What am I going to do? And uh, I found fairly early on that uh, I, I tried illustration, different things, but I was really drawn to architecture. And so um, I went to design school, and uh, this was back in the 70s. I went back to school um, and found that I definitely wanted to be. I started out the straight architecture route and thought, no, I'm no engineer, no, (laughs) no, no. And that I was really more wanting to be involved more in the the interior spaces, the space that was created by the architecture. And um, it's not the decoration so much. It's the way the space moves, the way the space works, um, a sense of, of uh, calm, a sense of kind of um, protection, freedom to move around in it at the same time. But anyway, uh, I've worked on everything from hospitals, um, oncology treatment centers for cancer centers, uh, and airports, uh, convention center, um, let's see, headquarters, lots of headquarters, corporate headquarters, uh, kind of things. And, and I've always felt that at least the work that I have done has brought, at some point, to people Comfort, mm-hmm. um, enjoyment, so that going to work is not a drudge, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been bringing in natural light has always been an important thing in everything that I have done, and you know a few architects have kind of like gotten after me. Well, we'll have to change this and change that, and I'm going, yes, you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but. Uh, that is is one. Um, the I've always, you know, volunteered in church and and done other volunteer activities and so forth. Um, but like I said, I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's an ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I hear you know that faithful you know the well done good and faithful servant it always takes me back to my all-time favorite song sanctuary which is you know um lord prepare me to be a sanctuary which is a special song for me because i've been involved in camp for i guess about 26 years and um before we teach the lesson that's the tradition that you know we that that the kids sing that song and uh, part of it is um faithful servant well done and so mm-hmm. when I I take that time to pray about the lesson I'm about to teach uh and because you're just hoping to plant some kind of little seed there in them mm-hmm. and so like I think um most of my work has been about children most of mm-hmm. my life's work has been about kids and so when that song really always gets me like chokes me up because you just think oh just let me say one thing to one kid here that's gonna gonna really make them know that they are loved by you or make them Mm -hmm. you know bring them closer to you um so I think I think mine probably has to do with kids although and I've also I raised two humans that I think are pretty great but (laughs) (laughs) you know and that that takes a lot of work but um you know I think my work is shifting now and now in my position which is coming up on a year um I get to work with 
a whole different part of our church. Well, all the whole church. There's no like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't work with a certain mm-hmm. age. But I have really been blessed to be able to be a part of that work. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, I always thought like there's this one thing that I'm made for, is, which is, you know, kids. And so like, I don't know. I hope that... I hope I get to grow into um, doing some more work in that way. That you're certainly that not pleasing. a one trick pony. <laughs> well, I, I guess I just thought that was my one, you know, that was my big trick. <laughs> well, and remember, there's always children within us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That is true. That is true. I guess I identified as the the kid person. So um, well, and you've definitely made an impact, even if you haven't, you know, got that feedback. You've, you've definitely, well, you have gotten that feedback. I mean, you have alumnites, right? Like, yeah, that's you know. good. They grow up and they come Absolutely. back years later. I tell youth directors like that, like you, you don't do this. You don't do this for the, the immediate, you know, gratification because you don't, yeah, that's not why you work with kids and young people, but it's like being a They'll teacher. break your heart. Yeah. They will break your heart <laughs> over and over again. But I just think, um, yeah, I just think it's a real a real blessing to be able to be able to do that. And I don't know, I look around and every time we have a memorial service, it's just very humbling to see like the great work that you know that every time like God is saying, you know, well done, well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant. We have mm-hmm. so many, which is why I love, I love hearing the stories of what, of what people are doing. Yeah. So yeah, well, um, you know, Pastor David talks about, you know, our treasures, and he does talk about time, but I just want to add on that I think um, I'm right now reading a book, and it is about the second half of life, which is where I'm where I'm at now. I'm definitely there. I know, right? We have arrived. <laughs> and um, it just is cool because it talks about the first half is more about building your container, like you're building, you're building, you're building. And now it's like, okay, now what do you really need in your container? What goes in your container? And I think when you shift your thinking towards second half and you're like, oh, I really am closer to that side, it does. I think I'm more aware of it than I used to used to be. And so um, it's like, what is really where do you really want to spend the time that you have? Because mm-hmm. apparently you don't have an, an, you know, it's eventually it's it's going to be up. So um, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. So, yeah. Well, Marty, I we are. It's been so nice to have you here. And if you um, come to church and you're in Las Vegas, Marty's someone you definitely want to uh, get to know. Uh, again, she's one of our our newest members. And you know, Marty, I appreciate you being here. Marty is. I love that you are one to share your story, and you're you're willing to share your story. And and it, it, I know from hearing bits and pieces of your story, it's been a really a really blessed life and and also not without not without its struggles yes and so i think um of the things that you haven't shared today that i know about you i think there's a lot that god will have to say well done about you've you really um it comes across your your love for people and your he is um he has entered my life at all the right times when i've needed him the most Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um I find myself in the second half of life reaching out more to God than I ever did as a young person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's, as a young person, for me, it was always about trying to achieve, to Mm -hmm. learn, Mm -hmm. to be active, to do this, to do Mm -hmm. that. Build, build, build. It was build, build, build. Mm -hmm. And uh, the contemplative part uh, was minimal in my life. And through 
a lot of things that happened in my life, um, that's where God entered in and really said, I'm here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I knew. And sometimes I just didn't know how to, to respond, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I've, I've gotten to have a much more personal relationship with him in probably the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a wild ride the last 10 years, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So um, I've leaned a lot more on him, and, and um, he's gu- I've, I've taken his guidance a lot more. Well, um, we thank you. If you are, wherever you're listening, we'd love to hear, um, you know, uh, your answers to these same questions. And um, um, if you'd like to be a part, a guest on the podcast, we would also uh, love that. Let us know. Again, um, we're back to our regular Pastor David's devotionals. Uh, they link back to his Sunday sermon. So if you didn't get a chance to check out the sermon, you can go to desertspringchurch.com. Uh, you can also find us on Vimeo, um, our Facebook site also. Um, just if you want to go back and hear a little bit more about what he had to say, it was a really good message on mm-hmm. Sunday, a really good reminder. Um, and his enthusiasm is always... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get so much from that. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. Well, first, Pastor Dave says, God bless you, and I will see you at church, Pastor Dave. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. Gracious, loving God, we thank you for um, the treasures that you've given us, uh, those in our hearts, um, the times that we've had, the memories we've had, and those things that that we hold dear. We know know that they all belong to you. Our our time belongs to you. Um, Our possessions belong to you. um, And our hearts to you. And so we thank you for... um, Pastor David's message and a reminder um, for us to look at um, what it is that we treasure and how we show that. And we know we're all works in progress, God, and we know that, you know that, Um, but we thank you for those that you put along our path that kind of nudge us along and push us along um, and help us to continue to um, do the work that that we need to be doing here so that someday we, we will get to hear you say, well done faithful servant. Well done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.